Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. All right, so this is our first series of Advent. We're talking about hope. Back in 2004, uh, hopefully anybody not born in 2004 in the room? Do I actually want to know that? Yes, I see the little babies. That's good. I'm, I'm okay with that. But anybody else? 2004, not born yet? Some of them are... I just want to age myself gracefully. Great. There's one hand. That's, that's not true. There's a couple of hands. Seriously, 2004, you weren't... You weren't alive in 2000. When were you born? 2000. Okay. So, 2004, um, Melissa and I were, were shopping in Newmarket. It was after Christmas, and we were, uh, Melissa was pastoring in Keswick. We were living up there, and I was working construction, or I was working actually installing fireplaces for this company, and uh, we weren't married. We are living in different places, don't worry. And as we were walking through our engagement, I was working uh, full-time installing fireplaces, and I was doing school full-time. I'm giving a little bit of background history here because what happened was if you are doing college courses full-time online and you are working full-time, the thing that you are struggling to find time for is sleep. And so I would, I would start work at seven, 6 or 7 in the morning, and then I would finish around 6 o'clock at night, and then I would quickly shower and eat, and then I would do schoolwork until probably about 2 or 3 in the morning. And then I would sleep, and then I'd go to work. And so what happened was I burnt myself right out. And I remember um, Melissa and I were shopping for clothes and stuff like that, which I'll be honest, I still don't like shopping for clothes. Um, It's not one of those things I enjoy doing at all. Um, I just hate it. And Melissa will tell me all the time, you need some new clothes. We need to go shopping, which is like, for me, it's like telling me, I actually enjoy probably the dentist more because I get to sit down and lay back. And so I just don't like it. So we went shopping. <clears throat> and so I, and when I'm in the change room getting changed, Melissa's outside and, and she just goes, what's taking so long? Um, which usually it does take a while because I don't know about you guys, but, you know, you get clothes on, you come out, and immediately she's like, your spouse or whoever is like, no, it doesn't look like, try something else. And then they keep handing stuff over. And you don't even have a chance. You're like, I'm just getting buried in here. So I don't like it, period. If you can't catch on yet. Um, and so sometimes I take my time in there because I'm just kind of praying that, you know, Lord, help us continue to be the happiest couple so we don't fight. And, just... <laughs> and so this time I'm in there and she's like, Chad, what's taking so long? And what was going on was I was looking in the mirror and I didn't recognize the person in the mirror at all. And I remember saying to her, I don't recognize who's in the mirror. And that led down a road and a journey for about five to six months, eight months of going on to depression medication and stuff like that because I just, I wasn't healthy. 
Um, and in that process, due to everything, and, and if you're not healthy, how many people know when you're not healthy, you don't respond correctly? You, you're not a, like, for me anyway, I wasn't a nice person. I'll say it that way. Uh, I wasn't the happiest couple in the moment because uh, our, our engagement ended. And so it led me through this journey, walking with God. But as I walked with him, uh, there was always this hope that he was still, as we sang this morning, still working. He was still with me. He was still journeying through the process. And I remember reading the verse in Jeremiah 29, 11, And if you've been in church for a while or you've just been into Christian stores, you see these on pictures everywhere and beautiful things everywhere. And, and this is a saying that everybody has on their wall. And it says, For I know the thoughts that I, have toward, that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and of hope. See, this is a verse that many of you have and many of us know and we hang on to it through challenging times and it's encouraging us and it's lifting us up. We've memorized it. Like I said, we have it on pictures and, and plaques and everything. Now, understand me. This verse is encouraging it is a verse that you should probably memorize so that it will lift you up and encourage you in those hard times. But can I read you Jeremiah 29, 10? For thus says the Lord, After 70 years are complete at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and cause you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. I don't share verse 10 to discourage you. I share verse 10 to give context to verse 11. See, 70 years in Babylon was not fun. And he's telling them at the beginning. Now, I don't know about you, but many of us would love to know as we step into trials, as we step into hard times, we would love to know the timeline. Wouldn't you? Anybody else? Hey, I'm going to step into some hard times. Just, Lord, tell me how long. Now, none of us are hoping for the answer 70 years. Mathematically, for me, I'm 111 years old after Babylon. If I'm still alive at 111, I just want you to know I want to be with Jesus. But this is the context. Now understand, I believe that it's encouraging. God has a plan and a, for peace and hope in your life no matter where you're at or what's going on. No matter what your Babylon looks like, there should be a hope in your life because of Jesus Christ. Because you have to realize that he tells them, in Babylon, have hope. Have hope. Have hope. Many of us are looking for that hope and that joy and that peace outside of Babylon. But he's telling, in Babylon, have peace. See, our hope and our strength is in him. Because Jesus tells this story in Matthew 7. Therefore, whoever hears thing, these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man 
I don't know about you, but I don't ever want to be classified as somebody who's not wise. But if we follow what God says, we follow what he tells us to do, he will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these words, these sayings of mine, and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it fell. And great was its fall. I find it interesting, as Jesus tells this story, that if we build our life upon him, he doesn't say there won't be rains, there won't be floods, there won't be storms. He actually says when they come. When they come, if you build your house on him, it will stand. It will survive. You'll make it through. So this morning I want to ask, are you a wise builder or a foolish builder? Are you building your life on the word of God or the world? What influences your life? What do you spend more time involved in? See, Melissa and I are constantly kind of working on our homes. It's kind of one thing we do. It's we renovate, and then when we're done and we say, okay, we're not doing anything else, we start another renovation. And so right now I'm building um, a wall, a shiplap wall with enclosed uh, built-in bookcases and a fireplace and a TV, and I'm doing all this stuff. And it's a lot of fun. But it's also pushing my abilities And I've had to have confidence in what I've learned from other people and what I know. Now, when I say that, I also want to let you know that in the last little while, I've read more on how to build these walls. I've watched more videos than I ever have before, and then I've read again. And I'm constantly looking at different ways people have done this online. I've read blogs. I've watched different videos. And then when I'm done reading it, I reread it. I want to make sure that I'm building it right. And when I'm not sure, I ask others. I get advice. I've measured twice, to be honest, maybe three or four times. But nothing worse than go to put the fireplace in place and it doesn't fit. Or to hang my TV and it doesn't fit. How often are we reading God's word? How often are we rereading what we've learned to learn it again? How often are you in God's word because you want to know for sure that you've built your house on the rock? What about when you're coming up against something? Are you asking other people for advice? That way you know that you have a firm foundation. You're speaking to people who've gone through it, who are on the other side. Are we building a strong foundation? Are we asking for help? I've come to learn that a wise person actually seeks counsel and asks for help. 
They ask for wisdom. Are we strong enough in the trials to have our hope still in the Lord? In the storm, are we strong enough that our hope is still in Him? Because see, John 16, Jesus says these encouraging words, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. You will have trials. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. See, this isn't a verse that we memorize or we have beautiful pictures of and put them on our walls. We'll put the last part of the verse. Be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Although we need to remember this verse, that when we face trials, when you face hard times, when you're in a tough moment, Jesus said it would happen. And this is where we lean into him and we have hope in him. We have confidence that at the end of Jesus saying, you will have trials, you will have tribulations, that he actually says, be of good cheer. Can you say that for a moment? Just be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Sometimes we have to tell ourselves that. Be of good cheer. It doesn't mean it's all of a sudden a beautiful moment. It doesn't mean anything has changed. But be of good cheer. Because Jesus has overcome the world. So that means he will get you through it. That he is working. And if you're not through it yet, then he's not done. If you're not through it, then he's not done. He is still working. And he works it out good for those who love him. Romans 8, 28 tells us that we know all, good, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So if you're in a hard time and you're not through it yet, just ask yourself, do you love Jesus? And if you can tell yourself that I, you love Jesus and you follow his direction and his leading, then he will work it out for good. Our hope is in him. Our hope is in what we can't see. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Romans 8.24 says, For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? Let me read that again. For we were, saved, we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? Hope comes into play when we don't have what we're hoping for. All the young people in this room, and you know what, if we're honest, a lot of adults, are hoping for something special under a tree. And on that morning, if they open up a present and it's there, guess what? Their hope is gone. They're no longer hoping. They have it. So hope is there when we don't have it. Hope is defined as a feeling of expectation and a desire for a certain thing to happen. So while you're walking through this time and you're going through difficulties, our hope, is that desire for a certain thing to happen. 
We desire peace and joy and love and kindness and all the fruit of the Spirit. And our hope, our expectation is that Jesus will return. Jesus will return. See, leading up to the birth of Jesus, the Israelites had an expectation, a hope of a coming Messiah. One that would come and save them. One that would come and set them free. And today, we have the same hope. We have the same expectation that Jesus will return again. And he is coming back. He is coming back for his church, his bride, and this is our hope. Our hope is in his return. And then in the meantime, while we wait and hope for that, Psalms 30, verse 4 and 5 says, Sing praise to the Lord, all saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy... Joy comes in the morning. As we see snow outside and many people are excited, we're excited because it's a new season, it's a new time. Whatever you're walking through, whatever you're going through, whether it's a trial or a hard difficulty or whatever is happening, it's just for a moment. It may seem like a long time. It may have been a long time. But with the thought process and the eye of eternity, it is just a moment. It's just a moment. Scripture tells us what our life is here, but a a mist. Here and gone. It doesn't downplay what you're going through. It's real. But in the mindset of eternity, don't let it pull you away from Jesus. Because our hope is in him. Yesterday may have been bad. Maybe it was this past week or month or year. But today doesn't have to be bad. Our hope is in him. Joy can come this morning. Our hope is in him. He's working even though we can't see it, even though we can't feel it. Therefore, that is where our hope comes from. And that is where our hope is. It's in Jesus Christ. Romans 5, verse 1 to 5 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have the peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through through whom also we have access by faith into into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. That not only that, But we may also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now hope, I love this, does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who who was given to us. The hope that you have will not disappoint. As you hope for his return, as you hope for him to intercede for you and bring change, that hope you hang on to 
And we never let go. Because he is coming back. He is going to restore. He is going to strengthen. He is going to heal. Our hope is in him. He was our hope as he became our savior. He is our hope now. And he is our hope as we wait for his return. This hope does not disappoint. Let's pray. Father, we thank you as we start this Advent series, Lord. As we start Advent leading up to the birth of your son. Father, we thank you that our hope is in you. We thank you that our strength is in you. And so, Father, this morning I pray for those who just need some more hope. Lord, I pray that you bring hope to their heart. But, Lord, you will strengthen those who need it. Lord, that you'll bring joy this morning back to their hearts. That, Lord, even in the tribulation, even in the trial, even in the difficulty, that you stand with them and you're walking with them. And so bring that joy. Lord, bring joy to those who are in the midst of hope. And this Christmas season, we're reminded of the hope of your return. And so, Lord, help us to remember that as much as we celebrate the birth of your son, we celebrate an expectation of his return. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Go and have a great week. Share his love and hope with others this week. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 